0: Hello everybody, today I'd like to make a video about um, how to be healthy without willpower. So often what most people do, and what I did for many years, was try to create healthy habits by forcing myself to do it, and by developing willpower. Um, And so over the years, I decided that the smartest thing to do was to study how people who um, have really healthy habits, and these aren't just healthy habits, but this video is focused on healthy habits, it's it's basically using willpower in any area of your life. So for many years, um, like I said, I tried to develop willpower. Um, And then I realized after studying a lot of really powerful people who have incredible habits that what was more important were the routines, the roles, and the structures that they utilized in order to reinforce those habits. So the willpower was actually secondary to the structures, routines, and roles. So what most people did, or what the most effective people did, in my opinion, was they focused on creating these roles, structures, and rituals. Um, which is a, a good way to say it. Um, so, for example, we have a new baby, and that new baby is seven months old, and she sleeps well during the night, um, and she wakes up around six. Um, I've never been an early riser, uh, but I've always wanted to be an early riser. The What I now have is a baby, which is a structure, and a role as a father, which requires me to get up at 6 a.m. when the baby does, because we let the baby sleep in our room. So I don't want to change that, because getting up at 6 a.m. has always been something that I wanted to do and struggled with. And now there's this natural structure. Now, when she's old enough and that's no longer there, then I'll have to replace it with something else. But that's the first. Uh, another very common theme in the modern literature around willpower is that it's a depletable resource. And that's what, um, consciously or unconsciously, very effective people understand. They save their willpower for when it's really needed. Um, have you ever heard the idea that, um, or not the idea, the practice uh, that what stores do is they put the most impulse purchases at the end of the checking line because by that time you've made, you know, 30, 40 decisions or however many decisions. The more decisions that you make, the more it drains on your willpower. Um, so they put those there since your willpower is really drained down and you're likely to grab a candy bar or an ice cream or something like that and then they make a little extra profit. Um which the you know we can talk about the ethics of that in a, in a different um, video but so the point is is that if you're trying to increase your willpower or if you're relying on your willpower to change your habits to become healthier uh, for example when the New Year's comes around if you're gonna join a gym or change your diet and you're requiring you're, you're relying on willpower to do so um, I predict, that you're going to fail. You may be one of the outliers, uh, the 5 or 1 or 10 percent. I'm not sure the exact statistic, but there are some people that have that capacity and there are times in life when we have enough of an emotional charge around something that we can do it. But if it's just a good idea and something that you want to change and you haven't had much success in the past, then the way that's going to make you most successful is to change the structures, the roles, or the rituals that you practice in, you practice, are that you live by. So what's a way that you can change your role? So becoming a father was a way that I changed my role, and which now requires me to get up early in the morning. Um, uh, besides doing that, You know, you can get a new job that requires you to get up early in the morning. You can, um, you know, start teaching a yoga class at the gym uh, early in the morning that requires you to be there. Um, All these things require that you, not all these things, but but most of these things require that you have a minimum degree of, you, you have to figure out what your triggers are, the things that you're unwilling to flake out on. So one structure that you can use is peer pressure. So I have a men's group and in our men's group we've created a peer pressure structure so that uh, if I set a goal, let's say I decide that I'm going to work out in the morning twice per week Um, we meet every two weeks. When I come back in the next two weeks we've all written that down I have um, a buddy who we check in in the in the off week, it was a quick call, make sure that we're on then he asked me about my goals. I'm like, yeah, I worked out last week and I'm going to work out next week. If I show up and I haven't worked out that second week, um, everybody else in the group, there's seven of us, um, six of us, uh, are required I mean, I, it was, are required to pay a dollar into the kitty. And nobody likes to pay a dollar for somebody else. Nobody likes to pay anything for somebody else's mistake. Um, And so we have a process where we go through and really work out was it uh, we forgot it, was it um, that you got overwhelmed, was it that you're in a pattern of breaking your word, Um, all of these things. And so we hash that out until all of us feel comfortable that the next time around that that person is going to fulfill on their commitment. And and maybe they make no commitments next time because that's all they can manage. And that's totally fine. What we want to do is create a structure that has a self-reinforcing loop of success. And so each time that there's a a chink in the armor or a loose um, link in the chain, we repair it. And then go back, and if there's some rest that needs to happen, then we do that. So the point is, is that this structure is always self-correcting to 100% on my personal goals. So I'm never 100%, well not never, I mean a lot of times I am 100%, and a lot of times I mess up. And then we hash out what it is, and so I get better at, at making those commitments. And how I individually work inside of a commitment structure. Um we have one guy that makes about a commitment every six months, just one, one little one, because that's what he what feels right for him. Um, I'm I make probably five or eight every two week cycle, because uh, that's what feels right for me. Sometimes I take a whole two or three months off because that's what I need. The point is, is that you create a structure that works for you that has a self correcting loop. Um, Either that be peer pressure or that be a kid crying. Years ago, when I was a yoga instructor, I became a yoga instructor because I didn't feel healthy. And I knew that by having the structure of being a teacher of others, that I would become a healthy person. Um, And I did it full-time for five years. Um, and now I feel that part is in my past, and I I feel really healthy, and I'm on to other teaching and building and environmental, uh, back-to-the-land things that are really important and empowering to me. Um, So roles, fatherhood, job, uh, being a teacher, coaching uh, a football team, whatever it is that speaks to you, that is consistent with creating the new healthy habits that you want to create. Um, you know. And, and for me, joining the gym for $65 a month, which is incredibly expensive, it's the only gym around here that I can join, um, that helped because I didn't want to waste, because I've trained myself up to this point that I hate wasting money. Another structure that I have created now is, it's it's like an inspiration text thread that I have with a couple of buddies and when I finish a workout I send the stats out to them. 45 minute cardio uh, 120 beats per minute average, uh, 400 calories and I took niacin, MSM, uh, nitric oxide and a little bit of caffeine with my coffee, and so I report that out, and that gives me two things: I, you know, have the stats, and then when they do it, they send one to me. And so in the beginning, I was receiving those texts, and I noticed I started to feel guilty, and it's really important that you don't shy away from emotions like guilt. They're trying to tell you something. So if you're erasing them with alcohol or weed or, you know, going onto your phone to get the next social media hit or watching a television show, then you're missing out on the emotional intelligence of your body that's telling you to make a change. So, You know, it took three, four weeks for me to feel that guilt every time I was receiving that text of what they were doing to then finally make a shift and make some new commitments in my group and start doing the workout program that I'm now on. Um, So the basic point of what I'm saying is none of the things that I'm doing have anything to do with willpower. They're all built on my own personality. What I know already motivates me, and what zaps the energy out of me. So, uh, and then you know the, the interesting thing that happens is, is is the more you get into this loop, the more you start to feel like you have willpower. But it's interesting because it's not really Willpower. What it is, it's the inertia of creating a new habit and a momentum. So once that momentum starts going then it takes less willpower to do the same activity. So you're not building willpower, you're building momentum using the limited amount of willpower that you have, but using less in order to get going again. Um, So structures, roles, and rituals. So rituals, um, you don't want to create new rituals, that's really hard. You want to add to existing rituals. Like maybe you have a ritual of getting up and making a cup of coffee. Um, so for me, uh, it's very important, I think, to make progress, to not make perfection the enemy of progress. So in the morning, uh, I drink a mushroom tea, reishi, shaga, cordyceps, sometimes some astragalus, sometimes some um, a couple of other ashwagandha, sometimes a couple of other tonic, Chinese, uh, and other herbs, um, and I used to try to drink that alone, and then I also dr- take MSM, and I used to try to take the MSM alone, and then I also take niacin, and I used to try to take the niacin alone, um, and then I also take charcoal, which you actually have to take alone, so, so other than the charcoal, I mix all the other ones together. Now, they're a little less effective, and I put them in my coffee, or my tea because that's what I do every morning. What I do every morning is I have coffee or I have tea. Now, the effect is a little bit less. There's less, the MSM is not gonna go as deep into the cleansing and the healing of the joints that it would if I took it by itself or with some vitamin C. But, or the mushrooms, Um, I'm not sure if the mushrooms are less effective or not. But the point is, I didn't try to create a new ritual. I didn't add to my routine, uh, or I didn't add another step to my routine. I took the step that I was doing and tweaked it a little bit. So... Uh, and I've been on that program for months, uh, if not, you know, years. I mean, there's obviously a few times when life gets weird and I fall off, but but I've been on that for months or years, and, and I rarely get sick anymore. Um, the joint issues that I had, you can watch my MSM video if you're more interested about the MSM effect. So that's it. Um, add to your existing rituals, and just add little things. Like I started off by adding the mushroom tea, to my coffee. And I found a way that works for me. I don't take sugar in my coffee, so the mushroom flavor, if it's not too strong of a dose, feels just like a complimentary bitter to the coffee bitters. you know. And then sort of tweaking the uh, dosages so that I felt good um, when I did it, because they're all powerful substances, and if you overdo them then you can go into a a a detox, which uh, can make you feel pretty crappy, especially if you have to go to work and work a hard day. Um, So add to your rituals, create new roles, and uh, look for structures that you can build. Um, So the structure that I have of the men's group, uh, which we've been meeting consistently for 10 years, uh, is one of the most important structures that I have about creating new habits. Um, And then using that structure inside of all the other things that I already do, and remember that willpower is a depletable resource. You know, there's a reason that, you know, we sleep eight hours. We're supposed to sleep eight hours every night. It's because that our our mind and our, our willpower, all the conscious things that we're dealing with, it gets worn out. And so it has to rest. It's the same thing with your willpower. If you're using your willpower, using high cognitive functioning, um, you're going to burn out and you need a rest period. You have to have rest periods. This is another part i think a critical part that i want to leave you with relate to willpower like it's a depletable resource relate to cognitive capacity like it's a depletable resource there's tons of evidence you can look all over scientific journals and studies that show that this is true um do that and then give real attention to those rest periods between using your willpower and using your cognitive focus your deep focus um that's it. Uh, thanks for watching. I hope that was valuable.